Well, I'm not happy to make today's video because we have to talk about X, Cardinal McCarrick. But the good news is he showed up for his court date. It was delayed to today. And there's video footage of him going in with people screaming at him. How many kids, how many lives destroyed? You prince of the church mocking him, saying you are unrepentant. I'm going to show you that video footage today. I'm going to do three things today. I'm going to show you the video footage. I'm going to read the official uh, statement by James Grind. You'll remember James Grind. He's been interviewed a number of times here on this podcast. In fact, uh, he broke some very important news, I believe, in the history of the church right here on the Dr. Taylor Marshall podcast. Um, here he said that uh, Cardinal Bernadine also molested him, uh, that McCarrick essentially trafficked him to Bernadine. Um, he also, I believe, uh, for the first and maybe only time on this podcast, revealed that he told John Paul II, Pope John Paul II, that he had been molested by Cardinal McCarrick a number of times. Uh, Francis has laicized him, but I've also said before that's the easy way out because if you're a cardinal, you get judged in Rome, chiefly by the Pope himself. By laicizing ex-Cardinal McCarrick and making him not a cardinal, he basically gets a getaway free card. All the canonical procedures go away. A lot of people thought, oh, it's so good that he laicized McCarrick. Mm, no. It would have been much better for him to stand trial in Rome. So now what's happening is there are lawsuits here in the United States, three of them that I know of. So I'm going to play the video of McCarrick going into court. You can see kind of here in this bottom corner some snapshots of it. I'm going to read James Grind's official statement on this matter, and then I'm going to explain the other two lawsuits and how everything is starting to stack up. I'd like to invite everybody new to the channel, to this podcast, Dr. Taylor Marshall Podcast. I do theology, philosophy, and I also do cover news like this, which um, I'm glad he's seeing his day in court, but every time I hear the name McCarrick, I cringe. So uh, if you are new, please uh, like this video, share it on Facebook, and if you're new, please subscribe. Hit the subscribe button and click the bell. All right, we always begin with prayer, and we'll pray the Our Father for justice to be done and for the victims. We'll pray it together in Latin. Oremus. In nomine Patris et Fidei et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Pater Noster, qui es in celi sanctificetur nomen tuum, advenia regnum tuum, fiat voluntas tua, secut in cello et in terra. Panum nostrum quotidianum da nobis odie, et dimite nobis debita nostra. Sicut et nos dimitimus debitoribus nostris, et ne nos inducas in tentationem, se libera nos amalo. Amen. And Sacred Heart of Jesus, on this first Friday, we ask that you would console all victims of abuse. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Nomine Patris et Fidei et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. All right. Well, before I get started, a lot of people have been asking me if I'm going to cover the new Vigano letter. I will. Um, and even more people are asking me, are you going to uh, cover the communique from the superiors of Ecclesia Dei, Fraternity of St. Peter, Institute of Christ the King, Institute of Good Shepherd, etc.? I will. I will just say briefly that the communique by the Ecclesia Dei superiors 
has been one of the most heartbreaking things that I've read in the past year. I am very, I am gravely disappointed um, in the communique. And um, I'll just say that for now. I'm still processing it. Hopefully, um, I'll be able to cover that on Sunday or Monday and also cover the new Archbishop Vigano letter as well. So make sure you are subscribed so that you get the notification when I go live on those topics. All right, I think the, the very first thing I should do now is roll the video of ex-Cardinal McCarrick entering into court. He's on a walker. Um, I know Harvey Weinstein pulled the walker as well. Maybe he really does need the walker. I don't know. It's always a sympathy thing. Um, I have hardly any trust in McCarrick. Some of you may not know that I think the second Catholic bishop that I ever met in my whole life was McCarrick. I was an Anglican priest. I was convicted about the truth of the Catholic faith, and I was coming into the Catholic Church. And a dear friend of mine said, I know someone who can help you, young Father Marshall, the Anglican. I'm going to make a meeting between you and Cardinal McCarrick. And so I met Cardinal McCarrick. I've shaken his hand. I've looked him in the eyes. I've had a conversation. At the time, um, my impression of him, I knew nothing because I was not a Catholic. I didn't know any of the rumors or stories about McCarrick. Certainly none of the horrible, horrible things that we know now. My impression of him was that he was sort of a jolly man. He had a twinkle in his eye. He looked you in the eyes. He was very friendly and very likable. And I remember leaving the meeting with a very good impression. And he said to me, the young Taylor Marshall, that he would love to see me ordained as a Catholic priest, even though I'm married, but I was an Anglican priest before. So there's what's called, they used to call it the pastoral provision. I would enter into the pastoral provision for the Archdiocese of Washington, D.C. and become a Catholic priest. Can you imagine if I had become a Catholic priest in the Archdiocese of Washington, D.C.? My, how things have changed. Uh, he said he would like to see that happen, but he was on the way out, and Cardinal, or then Archbishop Worrell, was on the way in. Um, but he would recommend me and, and maybe get that going. That was my meeting long ago. How long ago was that? I think it was 2006. So it was a long time ago. And here we are in 2021 looking at one of the greatest monsters in the history of Christianity. Absolutely disgusting. The number of lives destroyed, the amount of money embezzled, the amount of uh, people losing their faith, losing their trust in the church, um, the appointments that McCarrick made as a kingmaker in D.C., the bad political deals that were done with presidents, vice presidents, congressmen, all kinds of things that go on in D.C. under McCarrick. It's a legacy that will continue to burn on even after this man dies and goes to his reward. All right, so here is the clip of McCarrick. Hopefully this comes up. Boom. Um, going into court, and I, I'm going to turn the volume up. Hopefully y'all can hear it. So the woman here says, you are not repentant 
of the abuse you have done. And other people, not in this clip, are saying how many lives destroyed, how many children, you prince of the church. Now, we often call cardinals princes of the church, um, mocking him for using his status as a cardinal and bishop to do evil things. It's disgusting. I hate to look at this even. I hate to look at this. Now, James Grind, I'd encourage you. Um, you know, I hadn't been doing a lot of interviews back in 2018. I was kind of new to the interview game. From 2013 to 2018, I was doing monologues like I'm doing now on the podcast. I started doing a lot more interviews. You remember during that time. And I did a couple of interviews early on with James Grind. I thought it was going to be pretty tame. And it turned in, if you watch those interviews, you can see my eyes getting wider and wider. I had no idea. Honestly, I had no idea that James Grind was going to come on this podcast and say and reveal the things that he did. Um, some of those things uh, were said for the first time ever. Some of those stories and those things um, went on to be in uh, dossiers and files and cases in Rome. I was even told, I was even contacted that people investigating it at the Annunciature and in Rome had seen the video that uh, James Grind had recorded with me. And here is Mr. Grind's statement that he sent to me yesterday, and I'd like to, to read it to you. Now, um, for those of you that may not know, James Grind was repeatedly abused and molested by McCarrick um, from childhood up through his teenage years and even into his young adulthood. He was a friendly, a friend of the family. And as a matter of fact, it was James Grimes' family who connected McCarrick with Switzerland, with the location near St. Gall. And these are all details that I put together for the first time ever in print in my book, Infiltration. I got this information from James Grimes. Some people doubted it. Some people questioned some of the stuff. And I did research. I footnoted. And uh, I think it's a very solid case. Uh, James Grind's family basically adopted the young McCarrick, helped him with his uh, seminary, his schooling, his travel, and McCarrick rewarded that family by molesting uh, the, the grandson and then the son, James Grind. Uh, and it's a, it's a horrible story. Uh, he was laicized, McCarrick was laicized because he had actually molested James in confession during the Holy Sacrament of Penance in the confessional. And that right there and that testimony was, was what led, because there was a lot of things they were trying to pin on McCarrick and they weren't, all, they weren't all staying. That testimony right there is what got McCarrick laicized. Okay, so here is the, the statement from James Grind, and it's dated today, September 3rd, 2021. James Grind, quote, the last three years have been a daily devotion to Jesus Christ. I feel strongest, strongest while in prayer with him. There have been days when I have strayed from him, but my return is quick and effortless. Daily, I feel the love and care of millions of prayers spoken by wonderful, God-loving people around the world. Now, I'd like to pause here from James' statement. I am amazed that James Grind has the Catholic faith 
still identifies as a Catholic, and still loves Jesus Christ, despite all these horrible things that have been done to him. I continue with the statement from James Crine. This very instant marks a great opportunity for the world to see Theodore Edgar McCarrick as the predator he is. All of this is happening today because of Jesus Christ. He is leading this charge, and I am his voice. As a great man once said to me, God is never late. Let freedom ring. And then it says, James Grind urges individuals to seek justice. The district attorney of Suffolk County in Massachusetts has found solid, credible evidence of sexual abuse by Theodore McCarrick, the once chief power broker of the United States Catholic Church. McCarrick used his power to abuse many boys. My whole family was abused by him, says John Doe. So many others who were more closely related were abused. In the states of Virginia, Massachusetts, Pennsylvania, and Kentucky, the statute of limitation never expire for sexual abuse. While McCarrick never resided in these states, he did travel to Massachusetts, where he reputed, repeatedly abused me, resulting in a criminal charge being filed against Theodore McCarrick. Please be aware, if McCarrick abused you in one of these states, the statutes of limitation have not run out. The time has come for you to report incidents of abuse to the Attorney General's office in your state. This will be the most important call of your life, but one that must be made in order for justice to be served and healing for millions of souls across the world. God bless James Grine. Now, you'll, you might know uh, the picture. There's a picture of McCarrick in a swimsuit and a young boy in a swimsuit with McCarrick with his arm around him. That's the young James Grine. That's the man who wrote this statement that I just read to you, I believe, for the first time. I don't know if this is, I'm breaking the statement, but he sent it to me uh, to be read. And here it is. It's dated today, so I'm releasing it to the public. Uh, notable, the first part, as I said, he's, James Grind still has faith in Jesus Christ. He's still a Catholic. He says he strays, but he returns to Jesus. And then he calls on other young men who have been abused to sound the alarm, to come forward. And he says that the states of Virginia, Massachusetts, Pennsylvania, and Kentucky, statute of limitations do not expire. Now, since most of the abuse against Grind was in other states, the statute of limitations has passed. However, he was abused by McCarrick in the state of Massachusetts. And that's how this court uh, procedure is going forward in the state of Massachusetts. That's why we're finally seeing something happen. And thank you, James Grind, for making it happen. Now... There are two more cases that have come that have materialized. I'm going to share those with you. Um, I'm reading this from the National Catholic Register. I'm going to read the opening paragraph and then the info after it. Opening paragraph. This is by Jonah McCone. McCohen. I, I apologize, Jonah, if I mis mispronounced your last name. Quote. 
Theodore McCarrick, a disgraced former cardinal, is facing criminal charges of sexual abuse of a minor with his first court date scheduled for Friday, September 3rd. That's right now. Um, and by the way, I've heard that, uh, I mean, this is live and it just happened, but I've heard that McCarrick pled not guilty is what I've heard. Back to the article from National Catholic Register. On Monday, a California-based law firm filed two additional lawsuits against McCarrick. The first of the new lawsuits, brought by an anonymous former employee of the Archdiocese of Newark, alleges that McCarrick, quote, engaged in unpermitted sexual contact with the employee at Newark's Cathedral Basilica of the Sacred Heart in the year 1991. A second lawsuit was brought by Father Lauro Sedmayer, who alleges that McCarrick, quote, engaged in unpermitted sexual contact with him also in 1991. Now, here is the interesting thing that conforms to everything we've been told about McCarrick's uh, modus operandi. We've been told that McCarrick singled out pretty boys, young boys, vulnerable boys, vulnerable young men, vulnerable seminarians who were over the age of 18, but were vulnerable, and that he would invite them to his beach house where there would not be enough beds, and then that young man would have to sleep in the bed with McCarrick. That's how he did things. Now, here is the um, information from Father Sedlemeyer. Father Sedlemeyer, an immigrant from Brazil, alleges that he was invited repeatedly to stay at McCarrick's beach house and that he accepted the offer in the summer of 1991. At the beach house, Father Sedlemeyer alleges McCarrick sexually assaulted him on at least three occasions. McCarrick was Archbishop of Newark at that time. Father Sedlemeyer filed a lawsuit in 2011 alleging that he told Metuchen's bishop at the time, Edward Hughes, about McCarrick's misconduct and that Bishop Hughes allegedly did not act on the allegations and told Father Sedlemeyer, forgive him. A Metuchen spokeswoman at the Washington Post uh, told the Washington Post that the diocese reviewed its files and has no record of a complaint from Father Sedlemeyer to Bishop Hughes. Let me just interject here. Of course not. These bishops are corrupt. They burn and hide documents and they lie. This is what Archbishop Vigano tells us. They lie, lie, lie. Many of them are appointed and have their positions because of Cardinal McCarrick. Now, interesting to this, around 2009, Father Sedlemeyer was himself accused of inappropriate conduct of both a sexual and financial nature, which he denies. He retired in 2018. What a mess. What a mess. McCarrick, 91, is currently charged with three counts of indecent assault and battery on a person over the age of 14, according to the court documents filed July 28th at the District Court of Dedham, Massachusetts. McCarrick is scheduled to appear in court September 3rd for his arraignment to answer the charges. Each of the three criminal charges carries a maximum penalty of five years in prison. That's it. That's it. It's a very sad story, and McCarrick reveals the infiltration in the church. Remember, McCarrick was not just 
a Monsignor somewhere in Ohio or Wyoming. McCarrick went from nothing. His mother was a widow. He lost his father as a young man. I detail the entire life story as much as we know in Infiltration. In fact, Infiltration has an appendix. Where's my copy of Infiltration? Don't know. Um, there's an appendix I put in the book that gives a timeline of McCarrick's life. I believe it's the first timeline I ever put together. There's probably been more where I put where he went to school, when he traveled to Europe, when I could find it, statements he made about his vocation, his early priesthood. And what's interesting is if you look at that timeline in the back of my book, Infiltration, it's right there. If you look at that timeline, you'll see that he went from nothing, barely had any pastoral assignments, and he just went from father, monsignor, bishop, Archbishop Cardinal, which is boop, 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 right up the staircase. And it's my belief that he was corrupt from a young age. He was near St. Gall in Switzerland when he had his vocational moment. All that's quoted in the book Infiltration, by the way, if you want more. I believe that maybe he was corrupted in Switzerland. I explain why. I think this has to do with St. Gall and Mafia. This is where people say, Dr. Taylor Marshall's crazy. I don't know. Look into it. Do your own research. I've done some research. Most people will say, oh, it's conspiracy theory. They haven't done any research. Do some research. Look into it. Do your own research. You don't have to trust me. It's all out there. In fact, I'd love to travel to Switzerland and look into some of the archives and documents, especially around St. Gallen, Switzerland. St. Gallen is a, is a town. It's a city. Um, that's connected to the grinds and connected to McCarrick. It's like reading an Agatha Christie novel. There's clues along the way. Do your own research. But I think he is deeply corrupted. I think he's into the occult. I think he's into sex magic. Um, based on my discussions, both in public and private, with victims, I, I believe there is ritual satanic abuse, sex magic, as Aleister Crowley called it. There was an Aleister Crowley cell right outside St. Gallen, Switzerland. Look it up. Look into it. They have liturgies. And I think that this evil, demonic, occult, um, satanic ritual abuse is something that was imbibed by McCarrick and it's something he brought to America. And the abuse of McCarrick is not just somewhere, you know, far away, you know, at a, at a truck stop or a casino. It's in, he does abuse in the context of the liturgy and the sacraments and the ritual of the church. This is what is so disgusting and evil about it. It is satanic. It is a subversion and an inversion of the sacred. He's an evil man. He's an evil man. And I have not yet seen him publicly repent for these public and heinous sins and crimes. Our Lord Jesus Christ, the Master, the second person of the Trinity, the incarnate word, said this in Matthew 18. Quote, But he, 
that shall scandalize one of these little ones that believe in me, it were better for him that a millstone should be hanged about his neck and that he should be drowned in the depths of the sea. End quote. Yeah, but Taylor, we're like uh, Vatican II Catholics now. We don't believe in all that, like, mean God stuff. Look, this is our Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah, but Taylor, death penalty is inadmissible now. Pope Francis said so. Uh, let's go with Jesus. You know, Gospel of Matthew, it's right there in the text. Jesus said it would be better for a millstone to be around Cardinal McCarrick's neck and thrown into the sea. That's what we call capital punishment, my friends. And it's Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, he who died on the cross for every sin. Christ died for every sin committed by McCarrick. But for McCarrick to receive the blood of the atonement and redemption and forgiveness of sins, he must do penance. He must repent. That's how it works. God doesn't justify us and save us against our will. So, we're going to need a bigger millstone. We're going to need a bigger millstone. Think about just the, the damage that this kind of abuse is, that's been done to so many boys. There was a, another boy who was molested by McCarrick in New York at St. Patrick's Cathedral in the sacristy. In the sacristy. And I believe, I might have my, my facts wrong, but I believe it was actually, um, he was molested by McCarrick in the sacristy in St. Patrick's, Manhattan, New York, for the Christmas Eve Midnight Mass. I believe it was the Christmas Mass. What kind of damage does that do to a man? For the rest of his life, Christmas is tarnished by the evil man, his evil hands of McCarrick. No one deserves that abuse. And the fact that the abuse is rooted and planted into the sacred, into Christmas, into confession, into the mass, into the priesthood, in, into the College of Cardinals, disgust me. You know, McCarrick and Bergoglio, Francis, were made cardinal on the same day by John Paul II. Do you know that? Both of them were made cardinal on the same day. Let me look it up real quick. Give you the date. If I had my book Infiltration here, I could just look in the appendix and I would know. But I can't find my book. Someone must have borrowed it. That's okay. Hopefully they're reading it. All right, looking up the date here. February 22nd, 2001, John Paul II made Bergoglio and McCarrick on the same day made them cardinals. That day will go down in infamy. I'll tell you that much. I used to have a picture that had, um, I can't find it right now, but it was McCarrick and Bergoglio on February 21st, 2001, both getting their red hats from Francis, I mean, from John Paul II on that day. You might say, Taylor, how could this happen? How could such evil enter the church? Evil under John Paul II. It's been going on for a very long time, from the 1800s. Well, it's been going, if you want to be theological, 
the infiltration's been going on before the creation of man. When Satan said, I will not serve and denied God and he himself became a devil and he led a third of the angels to fall and become devils. And then he infiltrated the garden and he got Eve to sin. And then Eve got Adam to sin. And if you read the Old Testament, there's a constant infiltration. There's something good going on and then evil worms in and seeks to destroy it. And then God has to redeem it. You see that with Christ. He institutes the Eucharist, the holy sacrifice of the Mass, and Judas betrays him. He leaves early, and he shows up later in the garden, in the garden, and he kisses our Lord in the cheek. Do you betray the Son of Man with a kiss? And then in the history of the church, there's been the heretics. There's been the Gnostics. There was the arch-heretic Arius. And then there was, let's see if I can get them all, there was Nestorius and Eutyches, the Byzantine emperors who were against, believe it or not, against the icons and the images. There was that evil Muhammad who led the Christians of the Middle East and of North Africa and even into Spain to deny Christ, to adopt this heresy. Martin Luther. You know, all these heresies, except for Muhammad, but the other heresies like Arianism and Nestorianism and the Monophysite heresy and the Iconoclastic heresy and the Reformation, they were led by clergy, by priests and bishops. Nestorius was an archbishop of Constantinople. This happens over and over. And this is why I make this podcast. Because I want to call you as just a guy, a dad with a webcam over his garage in this room right here. We need an army of people who prayerfully, through a life of sanctity, regain the church. I'm hoping that there are thousands, tens of thousands of fathers out there who listen to this and they hear me at the end of the podcast say, pray the rosary every day or you're not on the team. And they say, that's it. I'm praying the rosary every day with my wife and kids. I'm going to do it. And by those graces, 365 days a year, young Tommy becomes the great holy pope that we need in 40, 50 years, if Christ doesn't return. By the way, today's the feast day of St. Pius X and First Friday. What a great day. Hopefully that there are thousands, tens of thousands of mothers out there who say, yeah, I'm going to catechize my kids traditional. And their daughters go on to become great mothers or great nuns, mother superiors of Orders that transform the world in new ways. The sons become good cardinals, good priests, good monsignors, taking the sacraments to the sick, giving the last rites, saying the requiem masses for our souls when we're dead. Fulton Sheen says it's gonna eventually it's gonna come back to the lay people and the families. We're going to have to rebuild. It's like our whole town got torched and all the fields of barley and wheat and corn are all torched. 
and the livestock are almost all dead. It doesn't get rebuilt in a weekend. So the lay people out there watching this, if you're like me, totally disgusted by McCarrick, you have to realize that an evil culture infiltrated the church of sex magic and satanic ritual abuse. And McCarrick sowed bad seed in the field. You know, the wheat and the tares, he was out there for decades sowing the tares. You know, McCarrick is on camera saying that he went and campaigned for Bergoglio to become Pope. Bergoglio was the number one draft pick of McCarrick. Burn that into your mind. Think about how evil McCarrick is. Evil. And in 2013, the number one draft pick in McCarrick's mind, and he says it publicly on camera, is Bergoglio, who becomes Francis. We're living in a night, an ecclesiastical nightmare right now where the Latin mass is being restricted. Corrupt people are still being promoted and protected. Go Google Cardinal Betchu, and I'll bet you you find a bunch of other bad stuff in the church. It's 2021, and this junk is still happening. A bishop in South America two, two three weeks ago had to resign because he was caught doing self-abuse on screen. Cardinal McCarrick and his Judas bishops have been sowing bad seed we tears, weeds in the church. It's disgusting. It makes me sick. But we need some real men and some real women to step up, pray the beads, go to Eucharistic adoration, read the Bible, catechize their kids, and rebuild Catholic culture. We are standing in ruins right now. There is total confusion in Rome right now. Even our traditional orders are begging Francis for dialogue. See, it's not, I love the Latin Mass. I went to the Latin Mass today. I will die for the Latin Mass. I was... Uh, just to reveal something personally about talking to the Latin Mass about to my children about two weeks ago, and I just telling them about the Latin Mass and how important it is and beautiful, I started to choke up talking about it to my children. I had to pause. I was like, please don't shed a tear. Please don't choke up. I love the Mass. I love Jesus. I love the church. But ultimately, we must have the faith we must have the sanctity, and we must have the charity. You can be against McCarrick. You can be trad. You can go to the Latin Mass. You can pray your beads every day. But if you're a jerk and you're mean, and I struggle with this as well, because this is why I, go, I went to confession this week. If you don't have love of God and love of neighbor, Jesus says that's what it's all about and you make the other things the ends and not the means, you're going to strike out. We need to be people of love and charity for God and for our neighbor. Hopefully, the sacraments and the traditional piety and the norms 
are encouraging you to be that kind of saint, that person of love and charity. I feel even ashamed saying this because I know how much I fail personally in these regards. I'm not even worthy to even be saying these things. All right, that's a show. Pray the rosary every day or you're not on the team. And I'll say, love God first. Love your neighbor as yourself. Be kind. Be encouraging. Invite people to church. Invite people to the traditional Latin Mass. Find the traditional Latin Mass. Get traditional catechesis. Don't be a judgy, mean, mad trad. I, man, the longer I've been going to traditional Latin Mass, the more and more that just disgusts me. When I, when traditional Latin Mass, I see them mean to other people or to me or to my family, whatever. Really, really gets me. Because that's another way Satan gets us, infiltrates us. Read the Bible every day. Read the Catechism of Trent. If you need, if you're like, I want to reset. I want to understand theology. What do I start? Just read the Catechism of Trent. If you want to figure out, get some clues on how the Catholic Church has been so confused and infiltrated over the last few decades, and I would argue over the last 180 years, please read my book, Infiltration. If you think I'm just trying to make a few dollars of royalties off of you, uh, borrow it from a friend or get, check it out from the library. It's in most libraries. I just want you to have the info. Read the information. Things that I say in this podcast will make more sense if you understand the backdrop. And also, as a certain vindication, in 2000, when this book came out, 19, so many people was like, yeah, I don't know, that's not legit, that's not true. Now, with two years, only two years since the book came out, people are like, yeah, that's on point. That checks out. It took some time. People used to make fun of me in the book. Now they don't because it's checked out over time. All right. Well, happy Friday. Happy first Friday. Happy Feast of St. Pius X. Last night I started uh, started reading Lord of the Rings again just to get pumped up, get ready to go into Mordor, carry some rings. We need that. Encourage one another. Pray for one another. Pray for me. Pray a Hail Mary for me. Save a bead on your rosary for me. I'd appreciate that. All right. We're going to pray the Hail Mary. Oremus. Nomini Patris et Fidi et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum, benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, or Pranobis, peccatoribus, nunc et ator mortis nostre. Amen. St. Pius X, pray for us. Most sacred heart of Jesus, have mercy on us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. All right, friends, if you like this show, you know what to do. Give it the thumbs up. I noticed only about 10% of people. If it's a show that has 50,000 views, there'll be 5,000 likes. Let's bump that up. If you like the show, not that much work. Just give it a thumbs up, a like, and then share this video. I imagine this video, people might be interested in it, but other videos I do, uh, people, YouTube probably won't promote them. That's why I always say share the video on Facebook so other people see it. And then if you're new, please subscribe. There's a subscribe button in the right bottom corner. Click on that, hit the bell, and um, I'll be giving away those two beautiful rosaries, those really nice rosaries. That'll be on September 8th or thereabout. 
whenever I do a show. They're absolutely gorgeous, heirloom quality. If you want to be in the running of those, uh, it's for all the students I have at New St. Thomas Institute. You could take online courses with me at newstthomas.com. And then also for everyone who supports this podcast and my writing and work at patreon.com forward slash DR Taylor Marshall. So just to be clear, if you want to get some free merch, signed books, etc., go to patreon.com forward slash DR Taylor Marshall. If you want to take online courses with me, newstthomas.com. Whether you're in one or the other or both, you will be in the drawing for the rosary giveaway or any other giveaway that I do. People were a little confused on that. I felt like I needed to clarify it. There it is. All right, friends. Remember, our Lord Jesus Christ says, you are the light of the world and the salt of the earth. So go out there and be salty. The world needs you to bring some salt and some flavor to this life. Amen. Happy First Friday.